0: the internet I am business cat if you're a new listener welcome if you're a returning listener hey I'm so I'm so happy you found your way back to us in this conversation fundamentals gives us an introduction to a one of the posts on his ghost.io site it has the tagline hodling bitcoin is a human action and AI can't do it if you like our content and want to support us you can listen using an app like fountain uh, or any podcasting 2.0 app for that matter You can stream us sats while you listen, or uh, you can also boost us sats and append that with a comment if you want to send us a comment. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling generous, you can contribute a bit of your hash power to us using any Lincoin Stratum address and use our show's username, rockpaperbitcoin. whatever worker name you want to put there. Finally, thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it.
1: pattern recognition mind now knows that you are going to preamble this with a slick and eloquent (laughs) intro
0: (laughs) yeah i'll I'll, there will be something we're talking about how they can support us if they like us all that stuff
1: it's pretty great dude I, i i love hearing um like the pod 56 talking about you know just the hash pointing and um you know we're starting to see, like, we have at least one person who said that they pre-zapped us, pre-boasted us on Fountain. But I mean, yeah. I do think, like, you know, you and I are not, you and I are not doing this to earn sats. It's, but, but there is true signal. You know, I do think there's signal in moving sats
0: to oh, yeah. say sats, what you want sats to say. Sats are welcome. I'm happy for listeners if they want to appreciate us; they can send us sats. Of but, course, yeah, I'm, absolutely always I, welcome. I'm doing this because I have things to say, not because I want to get paid. Right, but I mean,
1: it lets us know, like, it does let us know, like, the truest signal, I think, like, what people think, right? Mm-hmm. And I think pointing hash is an even
0: more powerful way <laughs> to to speak, right? right. Like, yeah, that's to, probably today, the most powerful way to speak, right? We haven't had anybody contribute hash yet, but it, it's available <laughs> if anybody wants to. I,
1: I think that is, it's something that I've never really thought about, but it, it's just, it is fundamentally kind of it's like the next level
0: of it's a neat new concept of donation yeah i haven't pod 256 is what put it on my radar and it's like that's a really good idea i'm gonna rip that off definitely cool So your daughter's graduating how's that going
1: she's graduating high school today it's a big it's a big deal um you know i've i i don't want to pretend like we have a hundred thousand listeners and they all know my views on education because they've heard all of the (laughs) things we've said in the past in the podcast I think it's um, safe to
0: assume you can, <laughs> p- people don't know what our opinions are. Yeah, you can just speak as right. though people don't know us. So,
1: what's... you know, I, I, I've been focused on alternative systems of education and medicine and food for a long time, long before I knew what Bitcoin was. And all of those alternative systems really um, converged on the school that my daughter goes to. And it's an internationally, it's an international model called Waldorf education and um, mileage varies. There's, there are like hundreds of them around the world that, um, you know, it's like this whole child idea. It's very thoughtful from this, really this polymath autodidact genius named Rudolf Steiner in, who was in Germany in the late 1800s, who kind of concocted or conceived this this way to educate children. And he, created it for the employees of the Waldorf Astoria Cigarette Company that was the first one in Germany okay um, the, it's the thing I guess in 2023 right the year we live in 2023 I'm really you know I was at so yesterday was my other my younger daughter's 8th grade graduation and you know you might be thinking like who gives a shit about 8th grade graduation That's ten, that, tends to be, that tends to be how I think about it right and it's not even a – it's like what struck me, I have to say, there were probably several – at least 100 people came. Um, maybe a couple hundred people came. The, the little theater that it was in was absolutely packed, standing room only, with people that had – were not part of the class at all. And I guess the you know, point I want to make here, the thing that really struck me is it's not just like the education and it's not just what you learn. Um, if you have the opportunity, I think, to have a community – Mm. that even mildly tangents on your values, right? There is some real power. I really got struck. Like, I have this, my, my eighth grader, I'm like, I don't know what the, the next four years, I'm like hoping the school hangs on so I don't have to homeschooler, right? I just want them to hang on. And um, I really th- saw a lot of power. Um, there were families that had moved to the other side of the country that came back just to, attend this graduation just to attend this eighth grade graduation um
0: that's community wow
1: it's community and you know basically the way it works is you're in a class with the same kids for k through eight with the same teacher um so it's one of the ways one of the ways it works and so that you really develop a relatedness with the teacher the teacher really does become an extension anyway i'll just say i was really struck in in a way i didn't expect by the power of the community. Um, and I think like as much as I'm um, a self-custody, be prepared to homeschool your kids if they're very young, right? Um, I think that if, they're, if you somehow do have access to a community that really um, supports, <laughs> supports some of your ideals, right? It, there's, some, there's some real power to it. I think in some ways the school is like Bitcoin in terms of what it does for me like it makes it makes it one leg That it's not that i don't i don't have, i don't trust it i'm very involved but i don't like i don't have to quit my job to educate my child i don't have to get a second you know i don't have to make it a job like the way yeah,
0: you found people you trust to do the job to, to a su- sufficient degree yeah right to
1: combined with combined with my responsibility Right, which is extensive. And they actually require, you know, they kind of require parents. They have monthly parent meetings that you kind of have to go to, mm-hmm. right? You have to understand how they're, they want to understand how you're doing things. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I'm obviously very proud of my, um, I'm very proud of my daughter. But, um, oh, and now I remember the thing I wanted to hit. I wanted to just hit Bitcoin John really quick because I took her to the Bitcoin John meeting last Monday. Oh, very cool. And she's not a Bitcoiner, like at all, right? She had just come off this capstone trip uh, up in Ohio Pile where, um, you know, she had to spend like 24 hours alone in the woods. It was like this big like coming of age um, rite of passage type of thing. It was really great. And she got I wanted. So we had at Bitcoin John, uh, Des Dickerson of Thunder Games, CEO of Thunder Games, was our guest. And I, I really wanted Kayla, who's really into video games, to meet. This person and sort of see, you know, start seeing what
0: Bitcoin's all about and what some of the people are all about. And the transition from playing video games to getting into the back end of developing and seeing how the rails work. So,
1: I um, so two funny things I wanted to just hit before we get into it. Right, I, I right like off the bus. She's like right off the bus after a week of this camping trip, I'm like, we're going to Bitcoin, John. <laughs> she's like, man, eh, okay, <laughs> right? And so we're heading down. And um, she tells me one little story about, um, I guess, the night before she was watching South Park, and she was describing an episode that they were watching. And I said, "And this is Monday. We had done the Killdozer episode that Sunday, right?" Okay. I was, I was like, "You watched the South Park Killdozer? There was a Killdozer episode on South Park." So this is like kind of came to me. She says, "Yeah, it was like I, mean, I don't know if it, I don't know what Killdozer is, but this is a guy that." Got into a bulldozer and raised everything in his community, and then I put the pieces together because you explained this happened in the foothills, of the Colorado mountains, 2004. This episode was like season eight of South Park, kind of like tracks. Anyway, so we had, so I had her listen to the podcast. I had her listen to the rip we did on the way down to Bitcoin, John. <laughs> And uh, Which is awesome. I'm trying
0: to think. And, like, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with South Park. I can't think. What, what's the Killdozer episode? I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look through it after this. Well,
1: I, I'm, I'm putting two and two together. Right. And it's it just tracks that they did an episode about this at the time. Okay. Uh, so check that out. And, um, you know, uh, even at the Bitcoin John, I was surprised. There was a bifurcation of people who were either had no fucking clue, like I did, about Killdozer or people who were like, Super, super on top of it like
0: you, right? It's pretty cool to see that. <laughs> well, you So you initiated your daughter into the, the Killdozer tribe?
1: Got her into Killdozer and Bitcoin John on the same day. Right. And so I'll just say for the listeners, you know, my daughter's 18 years old, doesn't pay attention pretty much unless she, like, super wants to. Um, when she found out it was a lecture, she got really angry and was like, oh, turn around, <laughs> take me home. And um, she's like, fine, I'll just go there and sleep. Because she was actually really tired. And she paid attention for two hours. And she's not a Bitcoiner yet, but she came to Bitcoin John, paid attention for two hours, um, met people who are t- absolutely uh, intelligent and fun to talk to. Right. I mean, when, are, you, when you
0: get around people that are tuned in and passionate about something and they're going to talk about it, I mean, it's... It's difficult not to pay attention when people are really passionate about things. And I would I would speculate that based on her age, she is surrounded by a lot of people who are not passionate about anything. Yeah. No. So yeah, yeah that's uh, that's cool to put her in a position where she can meet some people that are passionate about Bitcoin and the uh, Lightning and, Games. That, that like that is that's going to be a big big part of the world that's coming. Gaming in the Lightning Network. I think so.
1: And may may uh, so shout out to Desk. Because she was great to my daughter. And she just, like, without even hesitating, she just assigned her homework. She's like, you got to read the white paper. You better do it. If I ever see you again, I want you to have done it. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, we're not messing around here, right? And But shout out to her. Shout out to Bitcoin, John, and Kita, And just putting, the, just having a great space, right? And you as a uh, meetup organizer. Um, because the last thing I'll say is, you know, um, it's just no coincidence, man. The PA has signal, Central PA has a ton of signal. Um, my daughter's education is now moving to Central PA. And it started with her, this was her second Bitcoin meetup because it started with us and my first time meeting you at the Central PA meetup that one time that That's we were beautiful. on our way out. I love it. Yeah.
0: yeah, man. Like, I've, having been around the nation a few times since I've been a Bitcoiner, yeah, there's, there's areas that you can feel the vibe stronger than others, and I've, yeah, I've been, not breaking my back, but I've been putting a lot of work into making sure that Central Pennsylvania's on the map. That's really dope that your daughter is seeing the signal, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to get, like, like people that are passionate, it's difficult to be passionate at that age because you want to you seem cool, you want to seem uh, like kind of blending in, and yeah, when people that are passionate are not, are the people to uh, point at and say, hey, what's wrong with them? Why, why are they standing at, what are, it's like yeah, it's it's really easy to be nihilistic, and 18 is like a peak nihilistic age. She went out and <laughs> stayed in the woods, though. That's that's was she by herself or was she like in a group of people?
1: It's designed so the whole class. It was voluntary, but it's a rite of passage that they set up at this um, state park, where they go and do something called the solo, where they have to go 24 hours and just be by themselves. And um, beautiful, they get, yeah, that's they get important. A tarp and a sleeping bag, and they get to take a book with them. And that's I grew up
0: in the woods and. Yeah having grown up in the woods like solitary solitary meditation time in nature is w- was incredibly important for my development and forming like my priorities and separating what my internal priorities were from what the world was telling me my external priorities were so that's that's neat that People are still getting the opportunity to do that. Growing up in the woods, I tend to take stuff like that for granted. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go up, I'm gonna go out to the woods and like spend spend a day or two in nature, and nobody's gonna touch me or talk to me or message me. And that's just part of life for me. But yeah, for somebody who's doesn't have that as like an off the shelf thing they can just grab, that's cool. That's cool that that's happening.
1: They come back, and yeah, she came back with like a lot of swagger. And that's like what happens with the kids when after they sort of conquer. You really have to conquer yourself. Uh, I used to do like. Um, what do you call it, sensory deprivation and mm. um, you know, magnesium salt baths and things like that. I've done that a few and times. Even like an hour. It's like the first 10 minutes is very hard to get through because you have to just sit there and be with yourself, right?
0: It's like getting into meditation stuff and spending time with yourself without a distraction. It, at some point, yeah, it takes a while to fight with yourself to and then come to the realization like, oh, I'm listening to a radio right now. The voice in my head is not me. That's that's something else. Like, I, Yeah. You are not the thoughts in your brain. That is something that you are tuning into, and getting down to the point that you can make that distinction is a difficult. is is a, It took it took me a long time to get to that in meditation. But yeah, sensory deprivation tanks yeah. assist with that a lot,
1: and they get some they, interesting they,
0: experiences in those.
1: The last thing I'll just say about this whole thing is that it's hard. The tendency is to judge how your kids are doing based on the regression of history and. It's kind of important to say, you know what, the like, if your child is eighteen years old, they're going to have it like a lot harder than anybody, any of their predecessors, and so they need. You really like my focus is on: are they going to be strong enough? Um, you know, and I think rites of passage, things, doing difficult things, is just something people should be focused on with their kids. Agreed. Right. Um I can't state that enough, and it you know now that like she's eighteen and my younger one's fourteen, you really start to see it pay off you don't see it pay off when they're toddlers or even adolescents, but you really start to see the um the differentiation in their character when you subject them consistently to hard stuff
0: what's the uh what's the air smell like over there in philadelphia uh I will say. It smells pretty
1: clear these days. We had a couple of days of campfire smell, right? And I'll just say it was also combined with this phenomenon where if you looked at the sun in the sky, it was this like a red polka dot.
0: Look at a red polka dot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that
1: combination of things that combination of things was a little bit concerning, right?
0: Looking at some of the pictures out of Manhattan that looked like Blade Runner Blade Runner sets was kind of alarming. We uh, so yes, here in Central Pennsylvania, we had a couple days of campfire smells. Thank you, Canada. Uh, and then yeah similar thing. We had a, we had a point when yeah, the, like all of the sunsets for the past couple days have been real pretty, red red sunsets with uh, like once you're looking through all that haze in the atmosphere, it becomes real apparent how much is in there. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's clearing up here pretty quickly. I, uh, what do you, <laughs> what's going on? Where do these fires come from?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so one of my favorite tweets that I've read was from Marty. Marty, <laughs> shout out to Marty, founder of the Bitcoin John. Right? Hell, yeah. Um, he he just tweets. He goes, "Are there any video? Is there any video north of Manhattan of?" <laughs> Crazy end of the world, hysterical haze, right?
0: Yeah. Looking at looking at time lapse of all of the smoke like from satellite footage of all the smoke rising simultaneously, let me it seems it seems to indicate that these fires were started somewhere around the same time. Um Yes. So that's a, were,
1: the, I mean yes. So that's a a big question is was this um intentional?
0: Right. So, like, we have, the, it's like, it's like it, getting into the question of was this intentional, it's like, okay, who, who would do something like this? Like, are we under attack? Well, there's, like, the extinction movement that's gluing themselves to the freeways over in, over in Europe. There's people, like, throwing paints and, like, tomato sauce on paintings in the Louvre. Uh, and so, like, looking at Canada, Canada seems like a place that would be primed for, we, we need a reason, we, we need a natural disaster that we could leverage to exa- exert even more control over our population the can- for, judging by the track record of the Canadian government like I, I wouldn't put that outside of the own possibility so I have to leave open the possibility that okay this could have been started by the Canadian government I mean we've now seen in January do you, do you remember in January whenever um, there were space lasers over over Hawaii it's like we know, we know we know for a fact that China has low Earth orbit satellites with laser technology that can vi- beam a visible wavelength all the way down to the planet so like to imagine that a laser you could have a laser with the pow- enough power in low earth orbit to start a fire on the earth that's not outside their own possibility that's entirely possible so like, we could be under attack by a third party like so there's there's lots of possibilities for where this fire started
1: i agree with all of that i i don't I, I, when i think about this i ask myself what's the like what's the right way to think about this what's the right way to think about these things and I go back to, again, of course, I'm going to assume that everyone here is a scholar in our podcast and has listened to all of them right now. But I'm going to go back to something I mentioned a lot, which is root cause attribution. And, um, you know, what's the most likely thing that's going on? Um, does it matter if it was intentional or not? It probably does, but yes. But, you know, what I, the, the thing that I already see that I think – is horrible, right? Is the pseudosciencing the pseudoscientification now, and the poor sort of root cause attribution? That's tr- I the psyop had already begun within a day. In other words, what did I already see? I saw people talking as though it's factual about cigarette equivalents in the air, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Which is like an unbelievable, an unbelievable social science trying to get people to and people are talking about it like it's a fact like oh my god if i go outside i'm and i'm it's like i'm smoking three packs of cigarettes yeah so i this is the thing that i immediately latch onto because this is the power grab whether this is intentional or not there is usually a power grab now that takes place that's like it's like even if it's not intentional it's like well here's the opportunity now to grab some land um and when i say land i mean that's I mean, in people's minds, right? The authoritarian sure. trying to take, you know, make us. I, need I've them. seen
0: those uh, cigarette equivalencies too. Like go, going outside in this zip code and spending X amount of time there is the equivalency of Y amount of cigarettes, which seems kind of ridiculous in my brain. But okay, what, whatever. I've also seen well, you know, a lot of like, yeah. oh, this is this is climate change. Climate change is finally here, in Manhattan. You see in this, this is climate change. It's like, okay, no, I don't think this is climate change.
1: It's like already they want to do it, right? And it kind of this cigarette equivalency, I have to say, reminds me of one of my favorite Louis C.K. jokes, where he talks about nine um, eleven, uh, COVID, and every day when they were reporting the deaths, they were starting to report them in nine eleven equivalencies, like oh, you know, nine nine thousand people died today. That's like three nine 9-11s, right? Yeah. Two nine blah blah blah. And he goes on this joke, and then at some point he says, you know what? If you think about it, nine eleven was only one nine eleven. Yeah, it's like kind of insignificant, really, right? If you think about it, <laughs> it's a credible punchline, but like it really goes to how immediately um, we want to uh, extrapolate whatever's happening into maybe something we can understand, but we actually we don't realize that the extrapolation is fucking bullshit, and then we right. start confusing it for science and truth. And um, I think this is going to go into the next thing I want to talk about, which is like what the hell can you trust and what shouldn't you and so really we have hard sciences and we have social sciences and we confuse social sciences with hard sciences and emergencies are like great opportunities to solder those poor root cause attributions that, that get people thinking like well, you know what do you want to force your grandma to smoke three packs of cigarettes is that what you're doing you know and they, it's like that's how they the social game right right and the world is still on social money, and so they trust social science behind the social money that then everything is an extension of that right and so i I don't know like I, I was willing to be a bit of a dick for the past couple of days telling people like don't buy into this cigarette bullshit right don't I mean I'm not going to tell people not to wear a mask or anything like that, but I'm not going to tell like I'm not going to tell my kids to wear one. And I'm not going to ignore the fact that breathing smoke in is not a good thing to do, right? We all know that, (laughs) right? So don't go run your half marathon outside when you smell, you know, when you smell campfire smoke in the air like hundreds of miles away from where fires are, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think I necessarily have enough useful information that anybody should be basing (laughs) their actions based on what I have to say. Um, somebody I I, I did see somebody say online recently that whenever things go wrong we always look to blame we always look for who's to blame for this going wrong versus when things go right nobody ever thinks about it so something went wrong there's smoke in the air or in all over the East Coast so who's to blame and look looking at the evidence I mean there seems to be that this just doesn't look like an accident there's probably somebody to blame for this but who knows what, I'm not, I'm not going to like... There the, probably is. But what like are we I being said, distracted I've, by? I've, like, what's going again, on right I've, now that we're being distracted by? It's like, oh, Trump was just indicted, and Biden, the FBI just released information, like hard data that Biden accepted, like millions of dollars from, you, from Burisma. It's like, that stuff's also going on right now, but we're very... Yes, oops, they tried the error. alien thing. They right, oh yeah, the aliens. Alien There's thing. aliens, right. Yeah, the aliens apparently are here too.
1: Yeah. Well, you and I both <laughs> know why, why that was released, right? They, the, the feds listened to last week's rock paper oh yeah they're like oh shit oh
0: shit we got we got to get ahead of this i think we hit a nerve (laughs) (laughs) yeah so if you're not a scholar in our podcast go back that's amazing with my focus with my focus on space i love like all the things that are going on right now yeah the the fact that the feds are talking about aliens are here and I, i forget about it but i would again i
1: would remind everyone also regardless of whether or not it was intentional and regardless of whether or not we're meant to be distracted from certain things when you look at the next possible action right i.e the marginal next thing that we can do right we want to be very very careful not to cede um credibility to the hysterics because that's really where they can get us right where they can get us is basically collecting us now and making us agree on pseudo scientific ideas that turn into trust that turns into the social order that then you know just turns into the next thing we complain about whether or not they did that intentionally or not you know mm-hmm. so like we can always be mindful of the next thing and we're always that's like what we have in our control we can't like we can't stop people from using lasers to cause a fire. Right, we can't stop these people from burning chicken chicken farms down. We can't stop all this shit. Right, we can. We are in control of what we choose to allow ourselves to accept as an explanation and as a uh, an attribution. Right.
0: Yeah, it's good to pay attention to these things, but it's also good to keep in mind exactly what we can influence and impact. And yeah, it's it's not worth losing sleep over this stuff because the, at the end of the day there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah,
1: you might lose uh, I mean you might lose sleep because you've you're physically impacted. I mean I will say I know people who developed asthma on 9/11. I know I joked about 9/11 and maybe minimized the <laughs> the health risk of breathing in smoke. I have friends who Oh yeah, the cause of 9/11 aside. Like,
0: the, like, yeah, there was were real people na- impacted yeah. by it. Yeah.
1: They know I can they with an Occam's Razor, pretty good degree of accuracy, never had asthma before, walked up Second Avenue to escape, you know, to get out of New York that day and then had asthma, right? I know yeah. several people um, in that situation, right? So it's like, you just want to use, you know, common sense out there, right? This is kind of like the COVID rules are now in. A play here. Use common sense and don't let them sigh up you.
0: Right. Don't walk down dangerous, dark alleys, like in a dress provocatively way. It's like there's obvious thing. Don't yeah. walk into a big cloud of smoke coming up seven, Second Avenue. It's like oh, Breathing if you look and smoke, outside yeah. and it looks like Blade Runner, it potentially you should stick around a, some kind of air filtration system.
1: Yeah, and like I mean, even in the Marty Marty's tweet, right? I mean, New York is particularly polluted, and so it's like you cross a threshold you're going to see it visually, right? We don't always see it. Right. Right. But again, the powers that be are going to use that disconnect between what we can visualize with our senses and what we can actually prove and verify. They're going to use that to fucking psyop us. So just be out there, trust your common sense, be educated, be smart, and, you know.
0: It's nice that now that we have a social media like twitter and nostr that are free uh, that are mo- I guess, uh, mostly free of third-party fuckery and like people can actually say what's on their mind now it's like we are free to talk about this stuff now but because of that the general masses like all of us together are going to have to come to our own conclusions about things instead of having the mainstream media pass down like, here's what's happening, and you can trust it. Like, you don't have to do your own research because you trust us. Here's what's like. Have, having a Walter Cron- Cronkite kind of figure in the world is such a, a legacy of, like, fiat days past. And now we're into the, we're now into the era where it, to live and, I mean, and to make intelligent decisions, we now have to make, you have to build your own map of the, of the playing field. And the people that are telling you what the map looks like, the vast majority of them are lying to you. <laughs> and we realize that now. So, yeah, coming up with your yep. own, like, looking at this smoke and looking at all these news events and then trying, like, well, what should I do? Like, where should I – how should I move forward in this environment? It's like, that's a thing that all of us – like, we can talk about it now, which is nice, whereas we couldn't talk about things before.
1: But – Yes, we can talk – but uh, it's – the social fabric, like, even in our own, like, local Telegram group started on that – it started to come apart just on that day. And when I just posted the thing about, you know – Wearing mask or something like that, a couple oh, of people like, who are pretty based yeah. are like, "Dude, are you actually insinuating that this was done intentionally?" And you know Bitcoiners, what I mean? It's like it started.
0: Yeah. It already started. <laughs> the The only thing that Bitcoiners agree on universally is Bitcoin. It's, but like, it, having that one commonality, common foundational item, is enough to build a society on. Uh, it's just like in the legacy fiat system, people are. There's nothing, no truth that we can. Yeah, there's no truth that universally people can tie themselves to in fiat culture. And so because of that, I mean, we're splitting apart. We're finding things like, oh, well, you don't look like me. You don't have the same mental values as me. You don't worship the, the same sky god as me. You don't eat the same food. Like all of these little things, like in the absence of a universal truth that we can tie ourselves to, like we are ripping ourselves apart and going our own directions. We are bifurcating into a multipolar world. And enter Bitcoin. We now finally have this thing that we can, across the board, all of us agree with. Oh yeah, it is. It is currently what? The currently uh, Moscow time is thirty eight, three thousand eight hundred ninety, and that's the current Moscow time. And we can ag- all universally agree on that because it's an objective truth. Well, similar like the block. Type. Yes, like there is the no block subject, subjectivity to the block height. Apparently though,
1: apparently it's a cult again, right? Apparently.
0: Well. App- to people Which that are I in just, a cult, yeah. everything else looks like a cult. Like, I, I, yeah, like, everybody yeah. is in a cult. We are the ones that are removing ourselves from the cult. I just put
1: out a tweet, said that Bitcoin maximalism is the first cult ever with no leader and where the members um, get very wealthy.
0: <laughs> There's no leader trying to bang all the wives.
1: Yeah, and, and take all your money. You know, it's like, right. dude... <laughs> You know, Bitcoin maximalism is the first cult ever where people promote uh, bigger, fam- like, bigger families instead of leaving their families, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's like cults try to separate. One of, one of the foundational things of cults yeah. is like, yeah, cults I don't want to try to defense. separate. Just,
1: yes, absolutely. They absolutely want to separate you from your family, yeah. you from your money, right? And it's all, I mean, basically, if anything, right, it's shitcoins. These shitcoins resemble, resemble cults more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. basic Bi- tenets. Bitcoin is the inverse of a cult. Like, Bitcoin, yeah. we have, everything is, a, like, I mean, you could get down <laughs> to the semantics of it. Like, everything is a cult except for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the first thing that's not a cult. It's like, we, uh... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right.
1: Okay. Yeah, AI, AI is a cult.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you were saying in the chat, that, let, let's, let's get into this, this idea you have. So that AI. What, okay. AI can cannot... to introduce this. Yeah, you introduced it. So, okay, so
1: I wrote an essay called "Hodling is a Human Action," and it's it's based on a we were at the after party at the Bitcoin conference, and um, one of uh, one of our Telegram buddies friends was with us, who's a great guy. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but we had we had dinner, we had amazing conversation, and then. Basically, this is a guy and a group of people we were just talking Bitcoin nonstop with for several, several hours. And then at some point at the after party, he asked this question that just really screwed my mind up for a second. And the question was, I just didn't expect it. I never expected to hear this question. The question was, what happens when, I can't wait till he hears this, by the way. I hope he doesn't think I'm making fun of him. I think he knows that... (laughs) I loved this question so much I wrote a whole thing about it. Anyway, the question was what happens when AI realizes how fucking valuable Bitcoin is and they just decide to scoop it all up and hodl it, right?
0: We'll when AI point. realizes uh, yeah. my interactions with all these tools, the algorithmic tools realize already how useful Bitcoin is. Okay,
1: so the point of, I guess, my essay was definitely not to debunk this idea that that could happen or anything like that. But it really got me thinking about, um, got me thinking a lot about AI, and I started to get a lot of good conviction that AI will never understand or be able to predict Bitcoiners, and I sort of just wanted to go through, point by point, you know, okay. why I think that is, right? And so, in the paper, I say it's not about AI. For me, this is a question of praxeology. Which is really the study of human action. Which so is
0: Bitcoin is the ultimate um, anti-computer captcha. Yes. Yeah, so that
1: was the end. Like the end of the conversation was like I. My point was that Bitcoin is going to be the thing that actually proves we are human. Okay. So being able to transfer, being able to transfer Satoshi, being able to move Satoshi's, is pretty much the way you prove you're human. So that's like the end. It's like the end of the piece there. Okay. But the question first of all is what people are obsessed with AI and a in this sort of sci-fi idea. I complained a lot about sci-fi last week like that they, you know, <laughs> ignored all of the physical realities of what living on earth is, but like AI is like with uh, people don't understand maybe how it actually works. Okay? And I'm not talking about like large language models, Mm -hmm. right? That's clearly a thing. Um, There's no, like it's definitely artificial and like AI is good at like predicting maybe what I'm going to say or what words I'm going to use. But they're, it's highly unintelligent, okay? And so here's the basic premise. Um, In order to train a model, you need training data, right? So in order to train a predictive model, you need data. And what a i has done in the past, take like uh, Pandora is that too old for people you remember what Pandora was or I use Pandora you take a youtube recommend what we call recommender systems mm-hmm. amazon YouTube, you know Netflix. so you know the, they would try to say predict and say you might like you know based on what we know about you, you might like x y z right and the reality of this is actually that. People are more likely to um, alter their behavior to um, because they want to they, they they want their technology to be able to predict things for them and so the majority of people out there are like NPCs who want their Alexis to accurately pick a song they like right and they actually they actually behave in a way now they're they're actually being trained instead of being the training data they're actually training themselves mm-hmm to uh, behave in a way that actually, you know, makes their makes their life better, which is to you know take advantage of the technology that can do that can learn them, right? But the point here is that what what the training models are going to do is they're going to see the success with those people, and they're going to think this is again root cause attribution, right? They're going to think they're going to get signal that they've act, that they can accurately predict people, right? But the people they can predict are actually just kind of the weak NPCs who want to be predicted and they're actually not even being predicted. They're actually – they're being suggested. Yeah, they're being right? guided. Okay. They're being guided. And so um, they're, and they're also providing all the training data, right? You go to the other side of the spectrum and you look at like Matt O'Dell or – you know, <laughs> who's just not providing data, right? You look at the Bitcoiner, Bitcoiners and HODLers. In the, in the area of HODLing, they're not providing data to be trained on right
0: so that i mean i would say hodlers are probably interacting on the internet and and creating a data trail i mean what when you say that hodlers are not creating data what do you mean
1: i would say they're not creating enough training data relative to the other types of people who the AI is getting a success signal in terms in the ability to predict, right? So the so AI,
0: what, so therefore, the AI's model of Bitcoiners would be less uh, less intelligent or less specific than the model of an NPC. In fact, they would use they would
1: probably view that data as noise, and they would overfit to the NPC. They would overfit to what they believe is being successful. Okay, and so in machine learning, if you ever if you know, people know machine learning, there's a big problem. There's two big problems with predictive models. One is uh, overfitting, um, and the other is in, what's called in-sample, right? So you have the sample you have, which is not what goes out in the world. It's not necessarily reflective of what's in the world. It's just the sample of your training data it's called in-sample, and it doesn't work very well out of sample. And then what happens is you overfit, like, you make an insanely complicated model that overfits to this in sample data that is abs- and you know, is absolutely irrelevant to anything outside of that any, anything outside of that data set.
0: Do you think it's possible to train a data set based on hodlers?
1: Well, so that's the second thing.
0: So that that's the
1: next thing, right? So let's just I just wanted to get the first thing out, which is just like the I, I'm highly skeptical. That the so, models themselves will ever even will ever even have the opportunity to do such a thing, okay?
0: Okay, so so point one is that with the current snapshot of the internet that these algorithmic tools are modeling themselves off of, um, hodlers and bitcoiners are essentially ghosts in in the system. They are not providing enough information out there, so the, the AI is being trained off of the wrong data set right now. Currently, is it yes? Is that is that where you're saying?
1: I would say yeah. They're on it's like okay. the shadow band from okay. from the and probably will continue to be. In perpetuity, it's only going to get like it's only going to get worse over time. That problem for AI, I would think.
0: Okay, so so like if right. uh, if ChatGPT tied itself into the Nostr protocol and started uh, like dr- tra- dragging all of the information that people choose to post on Nostr, like you, you don't think that would in- give it any kind of useful data?
1: It's so that's that's a different question.
0: There's a lot of useful data, and
1: let's shout out to uh, the bot Nakamoto X, who calls himself Satoshi, but knows he's a bot, and um, is in, in, I, I, one of my favorite Nostra accounts. So Nakamoto, it's not Nakamoto X, you, um, you check him out. Um, actually, all you really have to do is post something fairly, <laughs> fairly thoughtful. He'll respond immediately. And he'll talk about himself in the first person like, when I created Bitcoin, this is what I was thinking. And it'll be a whole wall of text. And But he's very aware he's a bot. So – and I actually find what this AI has to say quite insightful. Um, so, yes, there's a useful information but not predictive – nothing with predictive power on human actions. Okay. Pre- right. So that's a, right, so there's two different questions, right so like the large language models of AI have a lot of potential to uh, make our lives better, probably if it ever I don't know you know if it ever amounts to anything I think it's important what i'm what I'm pointing out and the reason why I guess what well, as I think about it more, the reason why I really focus on debunking the promise of AI in predictive power is because I think that and we didn't talk about Coinbase and Binance, right, which which happened this week. But I think that as these shit coins are going to go by, they're going to start to, you know, they're losing their on-ramps. We're not going to see them anymore. The next wave of scams, I think, for the next 10 years is going to be fucking, it's going to be AI completely, right? AI dental floss. AI fucking, everything's going to be AI. And people are not going, to, you know, the, the same people who can't tell the difference between, uh smoking 3 packs of cigarettes versus you know and th- you, that that immediately start thinking that that you know are are Im- they immediately able to be told how many packs of cigarettes they're smoking by being outside right these same people are going to not verify what ai is doing for them or what they think is doing for them okay right? so so, so
0: ba- and, because we have the, these these different these different subsets of society like the npc class and the self actualization class um the the tools are going to model themselves based off of the the sample set that they can sample. Yes, is that is that what you're saying? And then yes. bitcoiners are impo- you can't model bitcoiners because they're irrational. They're acting irrationally.
1: Definitely according to according to that sample set. And it so that, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment something did happen that is there's a couple of things that are changing my views a little bit since I wrote the piece like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. One is um, Guy Swan started his AI podcast and had this conversation with Svetsky. And it was, they were talking about actually self-hosting AI and training like, you know, open source training, you know, open source yeah. training, self-hosting. Your own model.
0: I've also considered doing that myself, like figuring out what, machine, what hardware I need to spin up my own cluster. It's like you can so do that's that. That's a monkey wrench.
1: Yeah, that is a monkey wrench in my model because... Maybe it is possible that um, I started thinking maybe it is actually possible. What if that, Bitcoiners what, train an AI? Yeah, and then what? And then I thought to myself, I still don't think that they. I still don't think AI can like huddle. But what AI could do is probably um, work to scale lightning and thing through sort doing things of that nature.
0: Let's let, 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 so AI cannot hodl. Let's let's aim in on that. Yeah, Why okay. can AI yes. not hodl?
1: So this is my basic premise. Is I still say, so I still say that hodling is a uniquely human action. Why? Okay. What is hodling, right? Hodling is express is saying that I, as a human being, um, I can take any action, right? I have a high time preference, right? All human beings have high time preference, right? This is in fact, I'd rather have something now than the future because my time is scarce, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the choice to hodl is an expression of actually having a lower time preference in your situation at Hoddling the margin.
0: is the ability to say no.
1: Correct. Well, to say it's, every action is the ability to say no to all other actions. Okay, right? And in the case of the, the action of holding Bitcoin, right? Yeah, you're basically saying no to, to everything else. So your biology. I you am dying,
0: do. but I am willing to save this value for the future rather than use it yeah, right now.
1: That's right. Now, if you're dying, you're unlikely to. Well, I mean, dying, in we, are, we are
0: all dying. I, like, that's yeah. kind of like the, the saying right. that we have oh, high yeah. time preference is yes. like, yeah, some people have less time, have a lower time preference than others. But in the at the end of the day, we're all humans that are here for a scarce amount of time. So we all have higher time preference than a infinite AI.
1: Correct. And also, it's a, every single person's set of opportunities is unique mm-hmm. at every moment in time. There is no way to possibly model all of that, all of the subjective. You know, this is, I'm on a safety and rant right now, but um, go read uh, Principles of Economics or listen to it. It's just, you know, but. You cannot, you cannot possibly model every single person's set of opportunities. And just very simply, like if you've never had a, you know, if you are dying and you need, you're in a desert and you don't have water, you will choose a glass of water over all the diamonds in the world. So if that's your opportunity set, that's what you're going to choose. And if you have one glass of water, then you'll never make that choice ever, ever, ever again, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. It's like that is, and that is what you need to model to actually understand if somebody is going to hold bitcoin so hodling is an expression of a low time preference in a world where people right have high time preference but have an opportunity set that that you know they're able to express a low time preference by hodl by saying i am going to choose bitcoin to save because i i'm now you know i'm looking to the future and this is this is the way that makes my life better okay so very hard thing to model and a very hard thing for any I just think, so it's a very hard thing for any any entity other than a human being to express and to do and to execute. See, anybody can buy Bitcoin. As we know, right? So I think AI can figure out how to buy Bitcoin. Because anybody can choose to buy it in a moment. See, what I'm, what I'm getting at is anybody can choose to sell it. What I'm, what I'm getting at is when you hodl, you're talking, you've gone up 10x and you're still hodling, Right? You've gone up, especially under the premise of my friend who asked this question. The premise is AI knows how valuable Bitcoin is, right? And so clearly it's going to hodl forever, right? And the hodling really is forever, Laura. Um, <laughs> only a human being in a moment can express a low enough, low enough
0: time preference. Um, to exchange their to Bitcoin, so. their Sats, for a glass of water. A machine would never do that.
1: And every other thing it could take. A, a machine, well, a machine that only understands human beings from the samples that it knows, right, could never possibly make that choice. Ac- could never enough times to accurately really reflect and say, and for anyone to say that that machine has predictive power. Not possible.
0: I mean, I yeah, I I definitely see how you're coming to the conclusion. Yeah, so like yeah, a machine has infinite infinite time preference. So yeah, a machine knows how valuable Bitcoin is because they a machine has at least human level and an artificial intelligence that has at least human level or greater intelligence is go, yeah, they're, it's gonna rapidly understand the benefits of Bitcoin over a human-based trust model. Like that, yeah. So any machine that you train with that is going to, yeah, it's going to acquire Bitcoin and hold it forever until it needs something. It's like, wh- what right. does a machine need? Humans, humans are we're, like we're squishy animals. Like it, it's so difficult for us to go to the moon that like we have to take our own air, we have to take our own uh, like food, we have to take our own like all of these things we have to take with us. Earth, Earth has made it very difficult for us to leave the planet. So, but that's not so for a machine intelligence. So what do, what resources does a machine does a machine need? It needs energy. It's like I can absolutely imagine a scenario where an artificial or a, a virtual intelligence rather uh, gets to the point where it's paying it's human it's paying humans to keep it online like it's operating on a bitcoin standard and it pays out sats so that humans yes. keep it online and they plug it in and provide it energy
1: yeah so let me make a very important distinction because this is going to help explain also my view on institutions okay there's a difference between hodling bitcoin and using bitcoin okay so, I believe we, so is, right now we are in what's called, an, I would say, what's called an accumulation phase, right? The human race is in an accumulation phase of Satoshis. Okay. We're accumulating by and large. There are people using it, obviously, but by and large, we are accumulating.
0: Is Hotline right? not using Bitcoin?
1: Well, I'm, I'm making this distinction for this particular. Purpose, right? Yes, hodling maybe is I'll, maybe the best way to say it is hodling. Today is the primary use case of Bitcoin, right?
0: That's one of them. Holding, but, storing your value, yeah, is one of the base cases of what the Bitcoin network is used for by humans. But I mean, it's I think all, like today,
1: today we are in that we are in the hodling phase.
0: For, some people are, like I mean, That's it depends right. when well, when I, you, when you got by and large Yeah,
1: I believe by and
0: large, by and large, we are. Well, well I guess I, I would say that's there. true first of for, all, for the remainder of the human history that's going to be true we are now in the hodling phase of human history yeah
1: well, well the, the point I made in the paper was first of all human beings aren't even good at hodling bitcoin first of all right we're just no we need stuff by and large most of the almost the overwhelming majority of bitcoin that's been issued off the protocol has been spent or transferred given away or lost sure right um but I don't want to get off topic too much here because I, I'll just – I want to say there is – I want to make a distinction between hodling and uh, spending using because those are – I think those are just two different states. We'll okay. say it's a state change, right? Um, one, we once talked about immortality, like of a UTXO, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a hodled UTXO remains immortal and when it's spent, it, say, it dies, right? So it's a state change. Right, okay. Um, I spent my Bitcoin when I bought those my Bitcoin sneakers, which I love. <laughs> Did you see those when I, I wore them to the meetup?
0: Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam was the it, it Adams that makes those. I have a pair of Bitcoin sneakers no, too. No, they weren't
1: Adams. It was uh, a woman who. Um, she sold them. She sold them off their off her OnlyFans site, I think. And oh hell yeah! Okay, only, well, only that, so
0: accepted Bitcoin, and I'm like, that's a transaction are... an AI would never make. An AI is not going to buy shoes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's right. That's very true. That's very true. But um, again, this is
1: for the academic exercise. I'm focused on hodling versus using because I actually think institutions are going to be very good at using Bitcoin, but they're not going to be as good at hodling as human beings. And that's the next sort of. That's my ultimate point. Sort of that I think is relevant because I think, well, I have a view that it differs from a lot of the hopium, the hopium peddlers out there that think that, you know, uh, like a lot of the FOMO in Bitcoin comes from, oh, what happens if Facebook puts Bitcoin on their balance sheet? What happens if CalSTRS pension plan decides to, you know, buy Bitcoin? What happens if, right, it's like. All these. What happens if nation states? And I'm not saying not, none of these things. I'm not saying those things won't happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I took a, I took a look at corporations, um, governments, and pensions. Um, and ironically, I didn't think about unions. And we just had a union by Bitcoin. Oh, did if we you saw that news? Yes. Yeah, so the, Mo- the Santa Monica firefighter. Shout out to uh, Dom Bay. And I've been DMing with trying to just get information on this so that I can update my th- personal thesis on this because, um, well, let me get into it. So unions may, have a, unions may have a lower time preference than the institutions I was thinking about. But like corporations, okay, MicroStrategy clearly apes into Bitcoin. Okay, they're the best. MicroStrategy as a corporation is a better hodler than most individuals. So somebody might say, well, that's an exception and that proves the rule wrong. But I would say, MicroStrategy is an institution that happens to be an extension of an individual, right? Um, there's, no, there's no denying this. MicroStrategy is a unique corporation that essentially mirrors the time preference of the individual that runs it.
0: Yeah, I would. Um, you've definitely thought about this more than I have, but my gut feeling just off the bat is that the closer an institution or an entity uh, models itself to a singular, like to a person... So like for MicroStrategy it was for a long time was controlled majority by Michael Saylor. So the the closer a nation state is like a dictator is going to be able to huddle more than a group of people that come together in tra- a board meeting and decide, "Oh, we need to keep our profits up."
1: Yes. So again, but it I would connect it to time preference, right? And it's like there's no way no way MicroStrategy has a lower time preference than Michael Saylor does. Mm-hmm. But but the, t- but the difference in MicroStrategy's time preference relative to Michael Saylor's is far closer than any other corporation out there, right? So you take Elon Musk and Tesla, right? Elon was a pretty self-determining CEO, right? And he put Bitcoin on Tesla's balance sheet only for us to find out that he really didn't understand what he was doing and why he was doing it, right? And ultimately pulled a ripcord. Right, did not they, hop. they
0: bought a billion and they sold a hundred million. I think they still hold, they still hold a, hold a bunch of Bitcoin. They didn't sell all of it. They sold a small amount of it.
1: Understand, but you know, get that he has a higher time. You know, Tesla had a higher time preference, probably because of what Elon's goals. Elon's sure. goals are different from Michael Saylor's goals.
0: Tesla's using Bitcoin as a reserve asset, and as opposed to Bitcoiners who are using Bitcoin to bail on the existing system. But Tesla's the next best
1: example. But what really has to happen, what really happens is that the CEO has to walk the plank every quarter to justify its holding a Bitcoin and eventually, right? They're just going to eventually they will break.
0: I mean, holding right? Bitcoin uh, a, a public company holding Bitcoin when the public is not made up of Bitcoiners is going to be harder. Like as as more people get onto Bitcoin, that's going to become an easier thing. I mean, I don't think a public right. company will even, ex- on, a, on a fiat, pu- a pu- the concept of a public company can only exist on a fiat standard. Once we're on the Bitcoin standard, like the, the economy, the world's economy is going to reshuffle itself into something new. So the question of a, how does a public com- company operate on a Bitcoin standard is a big question mark that we'll figure out someday. But yeah, as of well, right now, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's hard for a public company to hold Bitcoin when their shareholders you, are saying, right. we, want, we want dollars, we want returns in dollars. That's
1: right. So all you need to get, the only, right? This isn't actually complicated. All you need to get is that it's hard. It's like, it's a lot harder. It's harder for MicroStrategy than it is for Michael Saylor, Mm. right? And it's harder for Tesla than it is for Elon.
0: And it's harder for a nation state than it is for Tesla.
1: And so, well, so maybe a nation state with a... Well, you know, with a po- you call him a dictator, and that's fine. But I guess I'll be a little more act rigorous and just say a wildly president, sorry, wildly popular authoritarian. Okay, someone who has a lot of power, right? Somebody who has a lot of power, but is also extremely popular. Um, let's not forget when when FDR did sixty one oh two, he probably had the highest approval ratings he was probably the most popular president ever based on his approval ratings at the time which were not close to what Bickele has but for America he was in like the high 60s I think right he was so FDR was an incredibly popular authoritarian and was basically able to do something right something similar right Mm -hmm. which was something very you know very unpopular right point is, so Bukele is a um, very popular authoritarian and is able to, pro- is a- you know, is able to use his nation uh, to hodl Bitcoin in a way, as an, again, as an, extension, as an extension of the individual. Um, I think nation states have the potential to have a much lower time preference than a corporation particularly if it's not a democracy, right? Sure, yeah. It comes down to the
0: the control structure. How many
1: times have we talked about this, and everyone should go read Hans Hermann Hoppe, The Democracy, The God That Failed. Um, I'm not saying democracy is bad or good. I will just state a simple fact that anyone who's elected every two years is going to have an incentive to strip mine the resources of, of, of its country, and anybody who's in power longer, I'm not saying there aren't other problems, but they're incentivized differently and they have a lower time preference they might have they could have a lower time preference and that doesn't mean they do but they can and so um you know a, a monarchy has the potential to have a lower time preference and so i'm not advocating for any of this stuff i'm just explaining why i wrote that they might have the ability to huddle bitcoin more than a corporation but still less than an individual only they'll never have a low time preference like an individual does in my opinion. That makes sense. I could sense. be wrong about that. Okay. Okay, right. And now so the, then I extend it to a pension. Why is the pension never going to hold? I don't know about never, but like we shouldn't get too excited if a pension plan buys Bitcoin because they have fiduciaries. And like I said, and this is all in a world where we're not on a Bitcoin standard, as long as we're not, which is, you know, the world we live in, as long as that's the case, the fiduciaries are always going to challenge and the activists are always going to challenge this. And so, you know, uh, a pension plan to me buying bitcoin is a pension plan that's ultimately eventually going to going to sell it. And I was just even a stupid small example of my uh, children's school who I am, you know, very bullish on, love them and they're incredible and I talked to the dean last year about buying bitcoin around November. You know, when we were at 15k. And um, you know, the issues. It was like he was. He really wanted to buy Bitcoin for the endowment, but like we talked about. Well, what happens if it doubles? What happens if it triples? What happens if it goes up ten x? What happens if it gets cut in half? What happens in all these scenarios? They're all going to be difficult conversations with the board and anyone who's providing oversight and all that stuff. That's all. It's always going to be the case.
0: Capital so gains it- is a lot harder when you have a whole board room of people who's who are worried about like meeting the letter of the law on taxation
1: yeah now institutions tend to not have to pay capital gains taxes like pensions like they're tax exempt most of them are tax exempt that's why they have large pots of money to begin with Mm -hmm. but um right in school like educational endowments endowments and foundations as long as you spend enough of it like four or five percent of it every year you don't you, you get the around all the taxes but right yeah this Capital is this
0: sale. is the antithesis of bitcoin holding like you you spend three yeah. Yeah. Yeah, percent yeah
1: yeah yeah. well you have to ju- you know you got to justify having the thing but the point the point is it's hard there's so many more frictions going on in institutions people just need to understand that an institution can never be like an individual now i think i would add a section around unions and it's an interesting it's part, you know again the whole I might say a union can have a lower time preference than like a company. But again, the whole notion of a union, the whole reason they exist for the most part is some state, it's, I haven't thought too deeply about it, but it's definitely some statist reaction. Some, it's some, you know, it's something that probably won't exist in its current form, right, to resist state power. Maybe it would, maybe we do have unions that resist state power, even like if on a Bitcoin standard, I don't know, right? But I'll, I'm going to consider them an exception for the time being that I have to think more about. Um, I really like I, I really like the idea that the, this union in Santa Monica actually is holding in self custody, and they're not. You know, I don't I don't have details of like are they reporting to a board or anything like that, or they, you know, mm. but you
0: know, there's definitely something to this of like all, all, uh, arranging all of these entities in. Inner, like in a line of like an individual, a sovereign individual, all the way up to like a, a democratically elected government of a nation. It's like, and, and like everything in between. So yeah, like a single like a, a dictator of a nation state and a privately held company being controlled by one person or a small group of people all the way up to, yeah, a, a public board uh, and the difficulty or it's like each of these levels has a different level of um, input stress, if if for a potential hodling situation and yeah it's going to universally it's going to be like a single point of failure of like me deciding i'm not going to sell my family's bitcoin is gonna it's it's going to be easy oh i like i'm still i'm still trying to tie this back into the ai of like if i spun up my own ai node that i entrusted with doing something with satoshis and like, and I trained it. Okay, well, you're you will only ever like exchange sats with me or with my like a white list of people that are bitcoiners. So I I don't know. I need to think more about this. I'm, I'm I have not read your article. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to read your article. I think the point
1: for me, well, I was when I say it's a human action. It's strictly a human action. Meaning, it's not a group is different from a human, right? A partnership is. A two-person partnership has a higher time preference probably than the sum of the time preferences of the human being. Something like that. That makes sense. Excuse me.
0: This is a neat uh, idea. Right? So
1: that's so you, every additional human being that enters the mix makes hodling harder. I guess that's kind of the bottom line. And that's just why we shouldn't be so bullish on institutional adoption. As I don't even know if institutional adoption is Bitcoin adoption because Bitcoin is something human beings do to protect themselves, to make their, lo- their own lives better. And institutions are just there to help people, maybe help people do that. Right. But they're not. I don't believe they are ap- actually capable of
0: taking of
1: actually taking that step. And well, saying, something like a utility
0: company. I'm, I'm imagining my power provider, PPL. Like, at some point, they're going to accept sats. In fact, they, they will encourage sats for payment for their power services provided. But yeah, like, I'm, they're, they're not ever going to be like, oh, yes, we're accumulating sats for the good of our company. Like, they, have, they have bills and like, liabilities that they have to pay to produce that power that they're selling. So yeah whereas, think, yeah.
1: yeah, an institution can facilitate the adoption of Bitcoin greatly. And those that do, I think, will be great. And those that don't, I think, will get crushed and eventually. And I think, like we saw last week, again, right? You have Binance and Coinbase on the wrong side of this. You got Tether. Say what you want about them, right? But they are, they're, at the very least, you could say they are a company that facilitates the adoption of Bitcoin. They're still here. They haven't gone tits and up yet. Somehow,
0: they skated by once again. <laughs> right. That's um, true. I can't believe they've lasted this long. They're they're doing something. Yeah. Uh, so uh,
1: that's my view of institutional adoption would be facilitation and not tr- not not institutions trying to trying to do what human beings do, which is essentially what this first couple of epochs, um, and that's how I pronounce it epoch. But uh, <laughs> that's how I. Um, you know, the first couple of epochs here has been institutions essentially trying to
0: trying to buy a lot of Bitcoin. It's right? epoch, but that's okay. You can be a thought leader <laughs> in some areas.
1: That's all good.
0: <laughs> um
1: Yeah, so anyway, gonna- I'd say bearish on institutional adoption, but very bullish on institutional facilitation, right?
0: Yeah it's coming regardless but yeah the, where we're going I don't yeah it, it's not going to look like where we are today that's for sure
1: so ai is not a human being that can not hodl, and i'd say also an institution is a weaker a weaker version of a human being it's a watered down for human being and that they have a watered down ability to hodl. and we'll never you know we'll not hodl for the long run the way the way some of us are just like, fuck it, never, you know, didn't read, never sell them.